Welcome into another edition of the Loud House Podcast. CJ Nikowski and Ryan Spielberg. As we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, it is Monday evening, 5 o'clock on the East Coast when we are uh, taping this podcast. So we are, uh, let's go ahead and call it 25 hours away from the deadline. And we are certainly not done. It does feel like there'll be a flurry of moves as we get a little bit closer to the very end of the deadline because there are teams that have not addressed some really important needs. And one of those is the Baltimore Orioles. And I think there's probably a team that has no more pressure uh, than the Baltimore Orioles, as you and I are having this conversation right now. Uh, Ryan Spielborgs, we talked a lot about it, uh, what they did last year, subtracting. It wasn't fun for them. They went through it. They sucked it up. Uh, they have now put their team in a position where they deserve uh, to add. And uh, so far, nothing yet. What do you make of uh, how quiet it has been surrounding the Baltimore Orioles? A, li- a little concerning, CJ, just because I don't know if Baltimore is comfortable moving young, controllable pieces. I think that's what it boils down to. Um, I, I On radio today, I said they're scared. They, and they're, it's not like they're scared, like, ooh, we're scared to make a trade. No, I feel like they're scared to lose one or like whether it's Colton Cowser or Joey Ortiz or um, I mean, any deal hall, like any number of the, the players that are in their organization that have, you know, it's the top farm system in baseball, Jackson holiday. And so I, I feel like they know that they need to add to their starting rotation, but at what cost? And because of that, you know, they, they kind of, because Michael Elias has done such a good job of building the farm system and you know this, when you have teams, like nobody loves their players more than the organization that drafted and developed the player. It's, they just know the player, they know the personality, they know the parents, they know the siblings, they know the wives. They just love them almost too much. Mm. And so they can't just like give them up for two months of, of a rental of, of a starter that they don't really know, even though, no, even though that they have to think that way. So my, my, my gut tells me that they are just they're they're worried that who they trade is going to end up being worth more in the long term versus the short term need that the Baltimore Orioles have. Mm. And like what's also crazy about it is that they have too many position players and not enough not enough roster spots to begin with, so they can actually deal from a, a position of strength. But my my gut is telling me just based on their actions and based on it, like even it comes down to the wire that they're not quite sure who they're comfortable getting go, getting rid of. Is it Jordan Westberg? Uh, is it Dean Kramer? Kramer, you know, like <laughs> I love calling him Kramer. Uh, I, ju- I just think it's like there's they're, they're just scared. It just feels yeah. like they're scared to make that move. I guess until we get to the deadline, if they don't make it, that's a fair assumption to make. And that was a concern of ours going into this entire thing, right? As we looked at general managers doing something as they lead the charge that they hadn't done in the past. And that attachment to these young players, like you talked about, I get it, right? Because this was the point of pride for them for the longest time where the team was not putting up wins. Uh, and they were getting these high draft picks, and they've done a really nice job with their high draft picks, and they've done a really nice job developing at the minor league level and getting these guys ready. There's a lot of sweat equity uh, that is put into that, a lot of time for the coaches involved every step of the way for all the player development people, and they've done it, and they're in this unbelievable position, and now it's like, well, which one of these of our children essentially do we let go? They're all doing really well. Um, That's a difficult decision to make, but they have to make it because they have got to uh, add to this team. And I think probably starting pitching is an easy place for them 
to go. Now, if they go the rental route, and so far based on what we have seen, the expenses shouldn't be that high. Now, I think, I don't know how much we feel that Jack Flaherty say is a difference maker, but he's certainly an addition to them. I think it certainly boosts them um, to some degree. And so it's an arm potentially like that. Now, we are hearing about Dylan Cease and Dylan Cease potentially being available. It's a really high price. And going back to what you were saying, if the Orioles want to get in on a guy like Cease, which would be a tremendous ad for them, I think he fits in perfectly. You'd fit in for any team. But you talk about really solidifying a good team right now. Dylan Cease probably does that for the Baltimore Orioles. That one will hurt. There's no two ways about it. Um, but if you're going to take a chance, I mean, whichever guys, you pick whichever ones you want out of that group. I know that outside of Jackson Holiday, I don't think he's in a Dylan C. deal for me. Uh, but the other pieces that are there and some good ones, either guys that have already touched the big leagues or guys that are about to, um, I'm okay with it. I think for Dylan C's the right deal. That's the probably the most uncomfortable one they'd have to make. The rental one, they have to be able to make. They have to. They've got to be able to pull that off. They've already lost out on Jordan Montgomery. He goes to the Rangers. But a guy like Jack Flaherty, um, to me, seems like perhaps that's the fit. Uh, something like that, at minimum, has to get done for the Orioles. So the 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 guy that I like the most, but this is probably what complicates things, is Eduardo Rodriguez. He's already pitched mm. in the American League East. He's pitching really well right now. He stepped away from baseball, dealing with some mental health issues. He came back, and he's he's looked fantastic. Michael Lorenzen is another guy that I think could help out uh, in the starting rotation. But maybe if I had my pick, I'd take an Eduardo Rodriguez. Um, Rodriguez has an opt out at the end of the season. So, you know, is, is this where are you, and I don't know the, the details of it. If you trade for him and he opts out, you know, like what is the opt out package look like versus if he stays there, it, you know, it's three years and $49 million, which to me mm. feels like, feels like a bargain. So if it's, if it's for the whole package, if it's for this year, plus the three and 49, that's going to cost me more than if it's an opt out. So like, that's why this one gets complicated, but my, like that, that would be the guy that I'm aiming at. Uh, I'm aiming for, I'm aiming for a pitcher like this, that I have multiple years of control. He's 29 years of age, actually he's 30, uh, but I still get three years. gives me a buffer just in case John means um, doesn't come back or anything like that. I, I don't even know where John means is on his rehab assignment, but I guess, yeah. At this point, let me ask you like a, a global question, because if I was to say to you, because right now the Baltimore Orioles, to me, are the best team in the American League. They they are to me. Mm-hmm. But they uh, don't yeah. but they don't feel like the Texas Rangers, which in in the case of the Rangers, I feel like the Rangers are saying we're a World Series team. The Atlanta Braves are saying we are a World Series team. The moves we are making are for our playoff run and for the and for the World Series. I do not feel like Baltimore envisions themselves as a World Series team. They haven't been in the postseason and God knows what was it, 2013, 14. They don't feel like they're they're like, yeah, we're gonna get to the postseason, but we're not we're we're not giving up these young players because we're not quite in our World Series run. You might actually be in a World Series run right now, and you, you're you're just holding back. Uh, so yeah, I would say this: I, the moves will tell us exactly how they feel, right? So far, I feel like that message is accurate in what you're saying, based on the actions or lack thereof. They did; they were in a wild card game in 2016. They lost that one, so they did play one 
postseason game in 16. Uh, they lost in the American League Championship Series, got swept back in 2014. And those three uh, playoff appearances that they had, 12, 14, and 16, they were actually in a pretty good place as an organization. They had not been in the postseason before then since 1997. So it had been a long time. They're in another stretch here now, 2016, but one it almost doesn't feel like it, right? It was one uh, wild card game and they were bounced. Uh, out of the postseason. So I'm with you on that feeling. The pressure is on them. They have got to get it done. The Rangers absolutely making moves, not just thinking about holding on for the division, but making sure they have enough to make a deep run uh, come postseason time and take a real shot at that World Series as they wait for that first one um, in Arlington and been to the World Series since 2011. They went to back-to-back seasons in 10 and 11. I want to ask you this because you threw it out there thinking about Mike Elias, right now the Baltimore Orioles, you and I probably had this conversation two or three weeks ago, looking at a couple of general managers and wondering, would they be able to handle a new position for them? In the case of the Orioles, adding, buying, giving up young pieces. In the case of the Cardinals, subtracting, right? We were talking about John Mozalak, and they haven't been in this position before. It's got to hurt a little bit. Your pride's got to get in the way. Well, they have gotten busy, and they have been moving on from some pieces, and Jordan Montgomery, and uh, Jordan Hicks, and we're seeing these dominoes start to fall on Chris Stratton. Uh, curious your thoughts on how you think they've handled it so far, because that was a question coming in. How willing were they going to be when it comes to selling big? Apparently, they're out on uh, moving Nolan Arenado. It was fascinating to think about him going to the Dodgers and what a return might look like. Uh, that sounds like that is done. Uh, but tell me about uh, your assessment on John Mozalak so far and what they've done in St. Louis. Have they answered the bell the way that they've needed to with their subtractions? Well, I mean, and the subtractions are are really big when you consider it. They they gave I don't want to say they gave away, but trading away Jordan Hicks, who is going to be the fill in back end closer for Toronto. So you give away, so it's a closer. Uh, Montgomery fills out the rotation nicely for the Rangers, along with Chris Stratton, who becomes your your kind of swing man, really important during uh during these type of runs. So these are pretty significant pieces. The, these aren't like marginal bench players or like a bullpen arm we're talking high leverage high you know high valued players and i think they've done okay i don't again like we're limited to our minor league stats and our numbers and our prospect rankings until i actually see the player play i can't give you a sense and even if i see a player play it's a handful of the bats i need a weekend i need multiple days i need multiple series to get a good feel so I don't know what the return has been. I still think that they are short-sighted and not moving on for Paul Goldschmidt. Goldschmidt, I, I get it with Nolan. It's a little bit more complicated. Five years, a lot more money remaining. Goldschmidt was this half season and then next year, unless you want to extend him on top of it, which doesn't make sense to me. So Goldschmidt would bring back, I think, what you're looking for. It also frees up some space for players to, to see what they're capable of doing right? Like uh, Alec Burleson, even though it's not shining and, and, and pretty and uh, Nolan Gorman, you know, you can put these guys at first base. It's, it's gonna, you're, you're already punting on this year. Mm-hmm. Goldschmidt gets back what I think would be what you need. And so, and, and same with Jack Flaherty, like Flaherty. And I heard this, like Jordan Hicks, they were talking about an extension. Why, you know, like I get the NL central, you could spin it around overnight in the NL central, but why are we trying to extend certain players where like move on? There's sometimes like move on from these guys, Jordan Montgomery, move on. You know, he pitched really well, wants an extension. Who doesn't want an extension? Mm-hmm. Uh, Flaherty wants an extension. Who cares? Like you're not the Flaherty from a couple years ago. 
get something in return. You want to resign as a free agent. Let's do that. Uh, but no extensions. No, <laughs> you know, like there's no reason to extend when you can use them to, I love the term arbitrage. You, you can take your player, bring something in return and then come back. This is a punt year for the Cardinals. And so I think if, if you're, if you are the Cardinals, like Tyler O'Neill's got to be gone. Yeah. Surprising that that seemed like it's something that they're shying away from. I don't get it. Unless they're just posturing. I think they're posturing because they're saying like, no, 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 this isn't a, this is an everyday play. No, he's not. Dylan Carlson is not an everyday player. Tyler O'Neill is not an everyday player. He might be an everyday guy, but he he's not healthy enough. So you're not going to get the value that you want, but you're, he's, he's holding no value if you hang on to him. So th- that's, that's kind of my point with you. You have to go in my, as we watch this and you see like, here are your assets, move on from them because you know, you can get some returns. Mm-hmm. Like that's the, and, and there's true value. Like Tyler O'Neill would, would bring you back something. Yeah. Um, I don't know what Dylan Carlson brings to, again to the point of like, you can't sell me on these players as being this when you don't even play them enough for them to be worth that. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's what makes the whole thing uh, so confusing as they sit there and try to reset. Uh, going back to Nolan real quick. I mean, I was fascinated with the idea. I thought oh, there's no chance, but that was a team certainly that he would like to go to and thinking about, you know, maybe it's uh, Bobby Miller uh, maybe it's, uh, you know, Dustin May. I know he's hurt, but something like that potentially um, for them. So I'm curious, um, you know, if they, I get why they didn't do it. And maybe that would have sent too much of a negative message, but I got to believe the return would have been, I mean, it had to be really, it would have been really strong. And they're talking about trying to be competitive next year. They very quickly probably could have replaced some of that pitching they're talking about. You would have pro- my guess is you're, you're asking for Bobby Miller, Gavin Stone, and then the Dodgers take on the salary or yeah. at least some, some uh, version of it, which th- that would have done Cardinals exactly what you, what you need. You, like you're offsetting all that money. Was it $97 million left for Nolan? Mm-hmm. So less than a hundred. And by the way, by the way, like if you're going to say, Hey, like Nolan opted in, of course he opted in. Yeah. He opted in for the contract. He didn't opt in just for it to be on a crummy team. He opted in for the money. I mean, like that's like the Cardinals, they traded away Nolan for six prospects that did nothing with Colorado. Austin Gomber ended up being the the best player of the group. And I want to say like even Austin Gomber, I'll have to pull up his wins above replacement as a Rocky. He's not even a two win player total. So you get like, you got Nolan. He was great for you. You can use them to bring back two prospects. You lose money because the Rockies even threw you 50 million bucks. You got everything you could, you could have asked for in value. Mm -hmm. And if Cardinal fans can't see that, I'm sorry, then you're not looking close enough. Yeah. No, man, I'll tell you, it was the whole thing was really interesting or maybe even Gavin Lux, right. And part of that deal potentially would have been all very fascinating for uh, the Cardinals and the Dodgers not going to happen. And so we move on from that one real quick. I uh, want to get your thoughts here uh, on the New York Yankees. And we sit there and watch them now. And Aaron Judge is back, but he's not back every day. Uh, they continue to be a last place team, uh, five games over, but fifth place right now uh, in that division as you and I are having this conversation on a Monday. Uh, they are within three and a half of the wild card. They only have to leapfrog two teams. And it's essentially, of course, not surprising two teams 
in their division, but they're looking up at the Boston Red Sox and then the Blue Jays are holding on to that final spot along with the Houston Astros right now in the wild card. It should be a pretty good dogfight down the stretch. I guess the question becomes, are the Yankees going to be in it? Severino was an absolute mess. He's talked about it. Came another rough one for him. He can't find consistency. I think you're going to have to live with some up and down here from Carlos Rodon. And while on paper, you may like some things about this New York Yankee roster, they just have not been able to get it together. Is there pressure on Brian Cashman to get something done? I get it. He's comfortable in his job and he's been there for a long time. But the Yankee fans have had about enough of this. And um, the struggles to get to another World Series for them have been real. Uh, not a lot going on here. They need some catching help. They could probably use a corner outfielder. The starting rotation, when healthy, should be good, but it hasn't been consistent. What do you do if you're the New York Yankees? Do they need to be adding, or they just ride what they have right now and hope that they can hang in there? I mean, they should be subtracting. They should be moving on. Uh, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa batting fifth for you two days ago? Like, what in the world is that? Uh, like, Craig Allen was hitting seventh in a game last night, and I was – like I had to go and I was like, wait, Greg Allen, wasn't he with the Red Sox earlier this year? And and a no offense to Greg Allen, that's not the Yankees. Uh-huh. Like the like you they're not good in comparison to Toronto or Tampa or Baltimore. They're they're not as good as the Rangers or the Astros. Um, I still think they're ahead of the Angels because of of how how good they can pitch, you know, back into the bullpen and uh the starting rotation has been okay, but to your point, Severino's been I, was it? I, I think I counted it up as like 28 earned runs in the last five starts, 28 yeah. earned rounds in the last five starts. So, uh, I mean, who, who can you move on from? Um, I don't, I don't know. You know, Rizzo struck out five times in Sunday night's game. He had the, the platinum sombrero or the titanium one. I don't know which sombrero it is. It's, it's out of my pay scale. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, you, Aaron judge wasn't going to pitch for you and save the season. Um, the, the Rizzo Stanton has been, uh, just a, a black hole for, to end innings They're they're, I mean, CJ, we've seen, you've seen this team for so many years. You played in the Yankees organization. Um, it's time to move on from Glaber. I bet you, he could bring you something back. I, I think you're kind of stuck. I, th- I think the Yankees go backwards the next two years as they get younger. Cause they, I mean, they're, they're old in every sense of it. Uh, yeah. One of the oldest position player group groups uh, pitching wise, like there's the one, two punch of, of Rodon and Garrett Cole didn't work this season. Cause Rodon got hurt. I love Garrett Cole. He's going to be there. You can't really move that, but yeah. man, like if you keep them together, you keep them together. They're, they're just, I mean, you, you hope that they put a little stretch together, but I can't see them selling. Cause I think there's too much pride there. And as far as like acquiring to, to fix it, there's too many holes. Yeah, there is. Harrison Bader's a free agent. Uh, Frankie Montas, of course, heard a free agent. Isaiah kind of Falefa, Peralta, uh, another guy um, not giving the production that you've been looking for, not being able to stay healthy. Here's the one that interests me a little bit. Would you take a flyer, a lower risk? Would you even pay the rest of his salary? Luis Severino's a free agent this year. Cost you five million dollars if you take on a salary, you throw him back a you know a number fifteen prospect. And I, he because he seems at a complete loss, and I'm just wondering if there's any chance somebody can salvage something with him over the last two months of the season somewhere else. Giants could do it. Yeah, San Francisco that'd Giants, one. that'd be a good one. Um, I mean, but they also have some strength in their in their rotation. Yeah, I mean, I but that's I mean, somebody can get something out of him. 
I mean, I don't think the Astros and Yankees make deals together. Uh, yeah. Padres, Padres could that would be an interesting one. I mean, maybe as a as a as a middle relief pitcher for you because their yeah. rotation is kind of set. And, and they're looking see- for bridge guys. I mean, they definitely need some bridge guys to help them get the ball. Um, now that Suarez is back and Hater, that seems to be the one hole in their roster. I don't know. He's just obviously such an upside to him. He was throwing well for a little while. Looked like he's back on track. Now he's off the tracks. Seems lost. I just wonder. I don't think they're subtracting. They're too close. Um, and they're not worried about saving the money. I'm just wondering if there's if there's a strategic move with anybody that they have. There's not a lot of big names in there um, that are doing well that other teams are going to be clamoring for. But I just wonder about um, flipping Severino somewhere else and uh, getting a piece back going. You know, it's just not working here, right? The sunny great thing. We just it's not working here. Let's go do something else. And, you couldn't uh, even get a, a compensation pick for him. I mean, what would it what would it cost to get a compensation pick for Luis Severino as a free agent? What what does he have to sign to get the comp pick? If you don't, well, if you, you got to offer him. I mean, you got to, you're not giving him the qualifying offer. It's going to be close to $20 million next year. So no he's, chance. so he's got no value for you. That's what I'm saying. I just wonder if you can get something back in return right now, save yourself the 5 million. I, do, I know they don't care about the 5 million, um, but more importantly, get something in return and just kind of be done with it instead of just beating your head against the wall, doing the same thing over and over with him. Um, and I think somebody probably would see some value in him. Um, and may be able to help out. I'm not saying he's feeling the pressure in New York. He's been there for a while. He's been doing it, right? He's on that five-year deal now for a little over $52 million. But when you look at that roster in general, I think they just stand pat and they try to figure it out and uh, hope that they somehow get everybody back on track. They're, they're, they're just kind of boxing a corner a little bit, maybe a small ad here or there. But, I mean, they could probably use Tommy Fan, but are they going to get him from the New York Mets? I don't know. Heck probably no. Not. no yeah, the, probably. the Yankees are going in the way of the Mets. Yeah, it's a bad year, bad year in New York. Yep, no doubt. After a year ago, it seemed like the baseball universe surrounded both New York teams. And what a different story. Uh, Here we are just a calendar year later. All right. As always, we appreciate you guys listening to the Loud House podcast. Billy and I will be at it on MLB Network Radio from 2 to 5 Eastern time, taking you up almost to the deadline, an hour short of it on Tuesday. And no doubt there will be tons and tons uh, to talk about. As always, thanks for listening. Have a great day. Serious XM Podcasts.